0: At Luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington, and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group, were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and condition supply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free, anytime, anywhere. just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
1: Welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and we are recording this just mere minutes after the Rockets defeated the best team in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, in their second game in the bubble. Final score 120-116. Michael Brown, how huge of a win is this?
2: Oh, it's huge. I mean, this, uh, during our last show, we talked about how big the Mavericks game would be. I look, I don't smoke. I feel like I need a cigarette after this game. (laughs) Uh, Matt Thomas tweeted. Matt Thomas tweeted that. I know. I was thinking that. And man, there are so many things to break down from this game that. wow incredible win man i mean just they yeah these first
1: two games have been a real a real treat yeah let's just say that these these first two games not just the fact that they were wins but the fashion in which these wins came it was just uh crazy and the fact that we are There's only two games into the bubble, Mike. We still have six games to go before the playoffs actually start. These two games have felt more like the playoffs than anything else that isn't actually a playoff game, honestly.
2: Yeah, and, and they're treating it as such. You can see it outside of, I would say, the first two quarters of the Mavericks game. Since the second half of the Mavericks game through tonight's game, This team is playing with an intensity where they know that their their time is right now. Uh, It is time for them to turn it on to a level that they have not shown all year. And this team is fun, man. This team is so much fun to watch. I I don't know about you, but I just – I really enjoy watching this team play. Mostly because you just never know what's going to (laughs) happen. You know, like it's hardened going to throw it up from 40 feet out and hit it? Is Westbrook going to throw down a nasty dunk? Is McLemore going to hit, you know, a three off the side of the backboard where it's not even close to going in? You just don't know. And that's what's fun about this team.
1: Yeah, so honestly, I, I don't think, look, in my entire Rockets fandom existence and, you know, just sports in general, I don't think I've seen a team... That has put you on such a roller coaster of emotions in one game, because I think we felt every single emotion possible in these last two games. There, there's there's excitement, there's shock, there's you know just disappointment, there's you know sheer like jaw dropping moments, and this is just one game. Like this is one game. This was. Absolute and maybe this is because we haven't seen Rockets basketball in over four months, but man, this, we have a lot to break down. So let's just get to some stats first uh, to go with the game. The Rockets had uh, 31 from Russ, uh, a team high, 24 from James Harden on just 5 of 14 shooting. All five starters in double figures. House had 16, Covington 15, Tucker 11. Uh, on the flip side, Giannis had... 36, a game high 36 so with 18 rebounds. Chris Middleton, 27 and 12. Uh, and Brooke Lopez, 23 and 12. So, but honestly, other than those three guys, Mike, the rest of the Bucks, the Rockets did a pretty good job defending those guys. I mean, Wes Matthews, one of six, uh, DiVincenzo, one of six from three. Kyle Korver, who I think if Kyle Korver just Got the ball a little bit more, and he got a little bit hot. I think the Rockets were in danger tonight. Um, he he had just five points off the bench, so I think it was difficult to stop the big three that they have. But other than that, I think grade the Rockets' defense tonight.
2: Ah, uh, a B plus to an A yeah. minus. Uh, um, and look, 116 points sounds like a lot. Not the way they play defense against Dallas.
1: Exactly, exactly. They, they, the defense, especially in the first half. In the first half, they gave up just fifty-four points on Friday, eighty-five. So they definitely, you could tell that they were making that adjustment right away uh, in the first half. And keep in mind, the Bucks and the Mavs. Uh, I, I think the Mavs have like some ridiculous stat where they have like the best offensive, you know, rating in NBA history or something which is bizarre to me. Maybe it's not exactly right, but the Mavs' offense is very good, and the Bucks have the highest scoring offense in the league other than the Rockets. So, I mean, talk about the first two games having a challenge on the defensive end. These two games give it to you, but you come out on top in both of these games, and whether they should have or not, I mean, look, they're 2-0. and They could have easily been 0-2, but the effort that they've shown in these first two games
2: 2-0 is definitely deserving. I, can, I, I think we can agree with that. I think it's definitely deserving. My biggest question that comes from these first two games, if I'm a Rockets fan, is, is this sustainable? Is the way that they're playing sustainable, you know, when you, when you look at the number of minutes that these guys logged the first two games? I think it was a little bit better um, – Uh, what's it called, Uh, allocated tonight. Like, if you look at the minutes played in the first – the game against Dallas, I mean, you have Westbrook playing 44 minutes. He played 38 minutes tonight. You had Harden playing 43 minutes. He played 34 minutes tonight. Uh, House played 43 minutes. He played 31 minutes tonight. Granted, the the Dallas game went into overtime, but that's my biggest question is you've seen it now. You know, you've played these first two games – against the best offense in the game in Dallas, the best team in the league record-wise in Milwaukee. You play both of these games without Eric Gordon. Um, Now, the the Bucs played tonight without Eric Bledsoe, but I don't think you can undermine the defensive job that Wes Matthews did on James Harden tonight. He was outstanding tonight. He was just in Harden's face the entire game. And this has been a trend with Harden and Milwaukee. It's something to keep an eye on, obviously, if we meet him in the NBA finals. The last three games, Harden has not played well against Milwaukee. Um but to me, that doesn't matter. You won the game. I don't care if you scored zero points tonight. If you win the game, that's all that matters at this point.
1: Exactly. And this question, uh, you know, is this sustainable? How do you think small ball will hold up in the playoffs comes from panic at the daisy on Twitter. So that's a good, you know, this is a good point because this was honestly small ball versus tall ball or just basketball I guess you could say. I like, um, I like
2: there sir. I like what you did there.
1: <laughs> but I mean, look, in terms of rebounding cuz rebounding is the obvious stat here where the Rockets just totally got lost. 65 to 36 they were out rebounded. But what's the stat we care about the most? 120 to 116. That's the stat that matters here. And I think if you, the Bucks are about the absolute antithesis of the Rockets. I think if the Rockets and Bucks playing in a seven-game series, I'd still take the Bucks, but I'd take the Bucks in you know five or six, maybe seven, if the Rockets are you know having good shooting nights like they did you know tonight. And honestly, even tonight they didn't really have a great shooting night. They were under 40% uh, from both. Uh, the field and from three-point lands but the the rebounding here they were out rebounded by nearly 30 rebounds and they still won the game that proves to me that they can absolutely keep this going in the playoffs one thing that had me concerned a little bit was towards the end when the bucks kind of grew that lead up to eight And the Rockets just were missing their threes, mainly because I was thinking, you know, maybe the legs are getting tired and perhaps as they play more games, their legs won't be as fresh as they are uh, in game number two versus, you know, whether it be the finals or the conference finals or whatever. But this proves tonight that the Rockets are a contender. Absolutely. And they can compete with anyone. They just beat the best team in the league. This, to me, proves that what they are doing is a viable way that you can win basketball games.
2: Well, look at the – three. I mean, you want to talk about the, the difference tonight. The Bucks shot 9 of 35 from the three-point line, and the Rockets shot 21 of 61. And I, I will tell you honestly, there were times in the Dallas game where I got really frustrated with the way that the Rockets played. Because small ball just makes you want to pull your hair out sometimes. It because does. It, you know, it, it does. It's it, like, stop shooting threes. But then you start thinking about it, and you're like, okay, if you're going to shoot 100 shots in a game, would you rather shoot 100 threes or 100 twos? Well, I'd rather shoot 100 threes. Mm-hmm. And,
1: yeah. the, the, and I mean, I think points in the paint tonight, I remember they showed like some stat. Uh, yeah, the Bucks hit 60, and the Rockets had 20. Well, the thing is, when Harden or Westbrook or whoever was taking up the ball would drive, that would be a wide-open Jeff Green in the corner, a wide-open P.J. Tucker in the corner. And to me, I don't really care about whether it's two points or three points. If you're getting a good look at the basket, take that shot. Like, Absolutely. Russ would get some good open shots from mid-range, take them. And he's good at making them. He shot 10 of 21 tonight pretty good. And most of those were uh, from inside the three-point line. And that's why the Rockets took so many threes, because most of those were open threes. Most of those were either open with PJ or Jeff Green in the corner, or it'd be Covington or Daniel House from their sweet spots in in the middle of the arc. And they were wide open. I have no problem with taking wide open shots. And look, if the Rockets shot forty-two percent tonight, maybe they make three or four more threes. They win this game by ten plus.
2: Yeah, d- PJ they Tucker did just I-
1: enough to get the win tonight. And the thing is, what makes me believe that this is sustainable as well is they. I could you can argue that they didn't play a perfect game tonight. They they played very well defensively and they also they, they they forced 22 turnovers which i think was the big reason why they got this win but also they, they played their brand of basketball and it worked for them
2: well he you, that's a that's a great point and it, it leads me to the bucks should have just gone to brooke lopez every single time down the court
1: and they and i mean they did for the most part and they, they. I think they went to Brook Lopez a lot more than they usually do. Brook Lopez is not a guy that gets them twenty-three and twelve in a game.
2: No, I mean he, I mean, he shot eighteen times. Middleton shot eighteen times. Kumpo shot twenty-five times. But there were there were specific moments where the beard put the clamps on Giannis, and. It was like Giannis was trying to force himself into making a play where they very simply should have just gone to Lopez. Because the Rockets couldn't stop Brooke Lopez. I mean, if if he got good positioning, there was no stopping him. And what you've said a couple times, and it it really rang home tonight in the end of this game, is that the Rockets forced Milwaukee to play Rockets basketball. The Rockets did not play – Milwaukee Bucks basketball tonight. They played Rockets basketball, and the Bucks panicked. The the Bucks panicked down the stretch. And there was a couple lapses defensively by the Rockets. But, man, I mean, everybody from house – I thought Robert Covington was fantastic tonight. I thought he played what probably the best game as a Rocket, I would say. Uh, I thought Westbrook was phenomenal tonight. I thought oh, everyone just... except James was on their A game tonight. Maybe
1: maybe P.J. Tucker as well. But I think P.J. also had such a tall task defensively that you, can't, you can only ask so much from him offensively. Yeah. And look, 11 points from P.J., that's about his season average or maybe even a little bit higher. So, I mean, other than that, I think I have no qualms with much of the Rockets. And look... James had a bad night but he set the bar so high for himself on on Friday with his 49 and that's the thing and it's something that we talked about in the podcast leading up to the bubble is there are gonna be some nights where Harden is, Ro- uh, Harden is Batman and Westbrook has to play Robin and there are some nights where Westbrook gets to be Batman and Harden has to be Robin together the two had 55 points and that's what we need to expect from them, about 55 to 65 points a night from the two of them. And I don't care which one of them gets it, as long as it's going for the Rockets. And that's what they did tonight. And I think this is this is the reason why the Rockets should be a contender. This game right here. It wasn't a perfect game by any means. But this game is going to do a lot for the Rockets. It's going to make eyes look at the Rockets if they weren't already there it makes the Rockets a much more intimidating out I think teams looked at this are gonna look at film tonight they're gonna look at this game tonight and be like man how do we defend this how do we stop this team they had James Harden only at 24 points but the team still scored 120 the Rockets can beat you in more than just Harden like let's get that right and then if you give Harden some lacks and you have to you know, go and guard the rest of the team. Harden's going to go off for 50 like he did on Friday night. So to me, this proves that the Rockets are going to be a very tough out for every team, and to beat them four times in a series is going to be extremely difficult.
2: Yeah, I'm curious as to what the national media response is tomorrow to this game, Uh, because I can already see it now, is they're going to say that, you know, Giannis had a phenomenal game, and Harden didn't do very well, you know, offensively. He had an off night shooting the ball. He did this, he did that. But who cares? Like, at this point, it doesn't matter. Win the game. All, nothing else should matter. And I know Rockets fans are going to get upset, and I'm probably part of that group tomorrow because I know what's coming there. But quite frankly, I don't – and we shouldn't care um, – Honestly, let them.
1: Let them doubt James Harden. Let them say James Harden had a bad game because let's not forget 48 hours before this game what he did. Oh god. Like let's Ag- not forget that.
2: Yeah, against a guy that a prominent member of the national media said should be on a on the first uh, a, you know, an all the first team all NBA and Harden should be on the yeah. second which Well,
1: there's, which is, there's there's recency bias when it comes to that. I think. I think when people see, you know, same old, same old happen, they're kind of tired of it, and they want that. What's new is fresh. That's it's- why. That's why Zion is so popular this year because he hasn't played in the NBA before. It's like news. Like what's new is fresh, and what is happening right now is the news. And you know, Luca being really good—that's something that hasn't happened before. Is his, this is Luca's best year? Harden, I mean, only because he set the bar so high, it's not his best year. But that doesn't mean that he's not a top three, four, five player in the league. Yeah, so he yeah, And the thing is, also, Harden plays with Russell Westbrook and doesn't have to be a top five player every night. But he can. Luka doesn't have that luxury of having a top five guy, uh, a teammate like Russell Westbrook to play off of. I'd much rather be James Harden playing with Russell Westbrook, having a chance at the actual NBA title this year, than be Luka Doncic, who's going to get, you know, some first-team votes and may even end up on the first team, but he'll be sitting at home after the first round. So, honestly, would much rather be James Harden and the Rockets than Luka and the Mavs, Yeah. especially after tonight, because tonight it looks like the Mavs are uh, – Fighting to just barely beat Phoenix. And the Rockets are out here beating the 54 and 13 Milwaukee Bucks. So, hey, it's a great day to be a Rockets fan. Tell
2: you that. It absolutely is. And (laughs) shout out to the Rockets faithful that were on the Michelob Ultra courtside fans. Those fans were bringing it during the game. Yeah. what,
1: What if now? I remember when we were talking in these pre-bubble podcasts about, like, oh, the communication in the bubble is going to be so much better, but honestly, and I can say watching the baseball, watching all of the basketball so far, I I can't even, like, tell sometimes. Like, if you just played the audio, I wouldn't be able to tell if it was in Orlando with no fans or, like, the illusion takes me out of it. Maybe that's because I'm just so focused on the game, but... It takes me away from the reality of everything, and I think that's very fascinating. I'm very impressed with what I've seen from not just the basketball, but I guess the baseball as well and and all the other sports, the WNBA even. Uh, If I've caught some of the games, the WNBA, they've done a good job as well. So there's just so much. Like, it takes you away. I'm very pleasantly surprised by the product that we've had in the bubble so far.
2: Yeah, I think that the I love the 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 view that they do of the court when it's like a it's court side, but it's like they put the camera on the floor and it kind of veers like up, so you get a an upward angle of what's going on on the court. I think that's probably the best view that they have. Uh, but I, I genuinely don't think people realize how big of a win this was for the Rockets. They. I mean, Milwaukee is, is known for being, I mean, the best team in the league. And I, I'm still not convinced Giannis. Giannis is a great athlete who happens to play basketball. Let, let me put it that way. I think he's skilled, but I think his, the love that he gets is overblown to a certain extent. I don't, think I don't know how
1: you that, Mike, about the reigning MVP, soon-to-be two-time MVP.
2: I, I don't think it's very fair. Okay, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Watching him play tonight, he hit – what did he hit? He hit two threes. He hit two – he was two of five from three.
1: Well, he doesn't need to be that kind of player. He kind of reminds me of – honestly, and I – you know, this, this uh, comparison might get me some uh, – might, might be harsh feedback uh, from, some, from some fans, but it kind of reminds me of when LeBron was with the Cavs in his first go-around. Like, LeBron was this freak athlete, and he still is in year, whatever, 16 and whatever year he's in his career, but he, and it was like, oh, whenever LeBron creates a shot, that's when he's gonna go to a new level, and, you know, when he went to Miami, that's when he got that shot and kind of went to a whole new level, and we're seeing, as he evolves over his career, like, this is Giannis in year six, year seven, and... He we haven't seen the best of Giannis yet. There's still so much potential there. And even without that potential fully like fully realized, this is Giannis at like 75%. And I know that there's like, you know, I was watching Conrad on the Twitter tonight, like, you know, making fun of the of the announcers when they'd say, Oh, like, um, you know, oh, if he makes this consistently, but to be honest, like when Giannis sees P.J. Tucker guarding him, who is, it seems like twice his size when you watch him on TV, but you have a six-inch height advantage on him. Why aren't you, like, of course you're going to take him inside. Of course you're going to, you know, post up on him. And that's why he was successful tonight from the field, 64% from the field. He only needed to make, like, he, he's so athletic and so much bigger than everyone that he's playing against only makes logical sense for him to go inside and he has the endurance to be able to do that as well maybe later in his career he'll have to develop a shot so that he can maintain his production similar to what LeBron has done LeBron's kind of reinvented himself by becoming more of a passer and a point guard uh, versus more of a scorer but he's still a very prolific scorer so to me Giannis is doing just fine and I think that the criticism that he gets is a little bit unfair. Also, you're you're analyzing a guy that has only realized seventy-five to eighty percent of his potential. And look, if Giannis, if the if the Bucks won tonight, Giannis would have gotten you know, oh my goodness, of course he's the MVP. You know, this is what he does, and he had a great game night. Like, I think people like, do you know how hard it is to score thirty-six and eighteen in a game and with eight assists? That's very difficult. And tonight, I think the Bucks, if they get, if there's a reason why the Bucks lost this game, I would have to say they just didn't make enough threes. And that isn't Giannis's job. That is the job of Brooke Lopez, who's been, you know, a, a good three-point shooter for them this season. He didn't make a three tonight. Wes Matthews is supposed to be making threes. He went one of six. DiVincenzo is out there to make threes, one of six. Uh, You have Kyle Korver, who only took two shots from beyond the arc. He should be taking more. Like, that should not be Giannis' job. Giannis' job should be be the defender that he is and drive. And that's what he does. His job, he doesn't need to make threes as well. That's why he has so many good shooters around him. And that's why the Bucs are so good, is because Giannis, they play similar to the Rockets in terms of they let their guy drive into the paint. And he kicks it out if, he, if he's not going to make the shot. And more often than most teams, they make it. Tonight, 9 to 35 from three against a team like the Rockets that you know they're going to make threes. And look, tonight, the amount of shots the team took Bucks took 92 shots, Rockets 91. Free throws, 17 to 23 with the Bucks, 27 to 31 for the Rockets, advantage Rockets, but also 21 made threes. Nine made threes. That is why the Bucks lost this game. They were not able to keep up with the Rockets' three-point volume. And but you, you, they, but you the just, thing is, they have the potential to do that. They have the potential to do that. So they just they
2: just didn't execute. But you say that it doesn't fall on him. It absolutely does. It's his team. No, this it is, doesn't. It, it absolutely does, though, because this it's his team. If the Rockets don't play well, superstars should get the brunt of the criticism. And – Look, all I'm saying is, I, watching him play night in and night out, he the word freak, great freak, is appropriately put on this guy. But I'm telling you this right now. This is his sixth season. He hasn't been to an NBA Finals as of yet. If he doesn't make it there this year, you have to seriously start looking at this roster and say, what else do you want? That you have a fellow superstar in, in Chris Middleton or – some people won't call him a superstar. They're certainly paying him like a superstar. Dante. On the yeah, you're yeah, you're an all-star. You're, you're a superstar. You have uh, you have Eric Bledsoe, above-average NBA talent. George Hill. You have West Matthews. You have Marvin Williams. All of these guys are legitimate NBA guys. Kyle Korver, uh, Dante Divincenzo, who's the a nice roster, player.
1: The roster is is definitely not the issue. They have the potential to win a championship. They are the best team in the league, even after tonight. However. What they didn't do tonight was make enough threes. And if they were to play the Rockets again, and the only time they could do that is in October for the finals, which I think people are going to look at as a very possible reality, the, the, what they are going to have to adjust is setting up more plays for Kyle Korver. Because you, you even said it, Mike, earlier, when, you know, how, do you, how is the national media going to portray this? they're going to say, oh, Giannis had a great game. They're not, Giannis is not going to get the blame for this loss, nor, and he shouldn't. He should not get the blame for this loss. He did all that he could, and honestly, what, like, what more could you ask from Giannis tonight, honestly?
2: To not throw the ball away in crunch time when James Harden put yeah, the but, clamps on in the last 30 seconds? Yes, I mean,
1: he the ball in to win the game, and he didn't do it. But that's what's so... Unfortunate about national media and that's what the Rockets that's that's the biggest reason why James Harden gets a lot of criticism is because he doesn't show up in, in crunch time or whatever. But that's not necessarily fair, right? Is it is it fair or not to, to judge Giannis based off of one small factor in the game? I don't think it is. No, but it's but okay, let me
2: answer that question with
1: a the whole qu- picture, the reason why the Bucks lost tonight and the what what fans and what Bucks fans should be looking at is why aren't we setting up more plays for Kyle Korver? Why are we not shooting more threes? Now I, I get it. It's very enticing to go inside when you have such a height advantage, and that is what is so in, interesting with small ball. And that's some underrated. That's an underrated part of small ball that I don't think a lot of people understand is that. Having a height advantage in in the in the paint, it 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 almost it intrigues you to go for the two-point bucket. And well, that's exactly what the Bucks did most of the night. They shot almost 50% from the field because look, they had nine and thirty-five from the field. So if if you take away that, so 92 minus 35, so they took 57 shots, um, so they were 34 – no, no, no. They were 36 of 57. So they shot 63% from the two-point area tonight. They were they, – they made two of every three shots they took from, from
2: inside the three-point line. But this is – you asked me why they're going to look at their, – their Bucks fans or the team is going to look at, you know, why they don't run more plays for their shooters, and it's simple. Because their best player is not a good three point shooter. They have to build their offense around the fact that Giannis is not a three point shooter. He's not. Well, that's a okay.
1: Fan. That's okay.
2: It's okay, okay but that's, what, that's what's holding them back. That's what's holding this, that team back. And why I think, let me show you this in a seven game series, who are you taking, the Bucs or the Raptors? I would say, t- personally,
1: now you know how I feel about the Raptors. The Raptors, yeah. only team in the East that can beat the Bucks. That's it, and and it would be a seven-game series, and that's a maybe. But I think, look, that's I think the one team that I think can beat the Bucks, and, and maybe the Rockets, honestly, because of just how they're built. Now, I, to me, with the Bucks, so like that's the thing is. It's a it's a catch twenty two situation because I'm saying here that you, they need to make more three point plays and they need to uh, set Kyle Korver up for more shots. They need to set George Hill up for more shots. West Matthews for more open looks. But look, I mean, look, two threes and the Bucks win this game. Two of their twenty six misses and the Bucks win this game. So it, it's not like they need to change too much. They they played very well against a very good Rockets team, but. It's very it's a catch twenty two situation because you're entitled you're enticed to make a two point bucket because you have an advantage of doing so. But then again, you give up so many open looks on the three point end for the rockets. Like most of the sixty one three point shots the Rockets took were wide open. let Let's oh, get that right.
2: yeah, the, tucker, Tucker had more open shots tonight. him and Jeff Green, there was a span in the third quarter where Jeff Green, I think, missed two in a row and then hit the third, and that's what this team is predicated on, is no conscience, you're open, you shoot the ball. But And maybe what
1: they should do is guard those passing lanes a little bit better and get those strips that the Rockets were really good at getting tonight where they would just put their hands out, get those get those reaches, and they'd strip the ball. Maybe that's what the Bucks need to do maybe a little bit more if they had to make a defensive adjustment from tonight. But if you pay too much attention to those passing lanes to the corner where PJ or Jeff Green is wide open, you're giving enough room for Russ or James, whoever it is, driving the chance to go to the line or to make a to make make a layup. Sure. and And that is why the Rockets have the potential to win it all, ahead. because that is how their offense is built. It's genius. It's. It's it's ahead of its time. It's it's incredible. It's it's so incredible to watch, Mike. And we've seen strokes of genius these past two games. It's just
2: woo, baby. I think the hardest part that teams ha- are going to have with this Rockets team is what do you take away? Do you try and isolate and take away James Harden and Dar- Russell Westbrook? To beat you because that has shown that that's not going to work do you just play straight up one on one no help defense on James Harden because that's not going to work because that's you know Dallas did that for a quarter and he went off for what 24 points in 23 points in the first quarter against Dallas um do, do, I mean you have teams are going to have to play Rockets basketball to beat this team. I I just don't – I don't see, you know, a big game coming up for the Rockets is against the Lakers. You really think that the Lakers can beat this Rockets team if you keep Dwight Howard and or JaVale McGee on the court for more than 20 minutes? I mean, if if I tell you the Lakers beat the Rockets in a couple games and I said, guess how many minutes JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard are going to combine play – what would be your answer?
1: It, it would be, like, they would have to have a game similar to how Brooke Lopez had tonight. And I don't know if JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard can do that.
2: I don't think so. And there, there's one team in the, in the West that can play Rockets basketball either as good or better than the Rockets, and that's the Clippers. Mm-hmm just with the, the personnel that they have. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying before was is that the Bucs, the Bucs are in a really tricky spot from at least what I saw tonight. And I don't know how much they miss Eric Bledsoe. I think they miss Eric Bledsoe a lot. But on a night like tonight, if you're going to play Bledsoe, then Wes Matthews wouldn't have played as much as he did. And once again, he played a great game. He played a, a really, really good game against Harden defensively. But... You're going to, you know, they shot 35 threes. That's 26 less threes than the Rockets took. It's going to be really difficult to beat the Rockets if they are shooting that many threes, and you're not. And the Rockets are, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they're, they're hedging their bet and saying, look, we're not going to play Tyson Chandler. We're not going to play Bruno Cabalco, We're going to play our guys that we're going to normally play. And we're going to say, you want to go inside? Fine. We're going to bet on guys like Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker and Harden and, uh, and Jeff Green to create steals. Which Harden had how many steals tonight? I think he had five steals. He had six. Six steals tonight? I mean, yeah. don't tell, if anyone
1: ever says that James Harden does not play defense again, um, I, will, I will show them this box score and I will say, you are wrong, sir or madam or whichever pronoun you prefer. That's a myth. The myth needs to be debunked now, Mike. It's been way too long. The myth needs to be debunked. Six steals in one game. I I don't know how many guys have had six steals in one game this year. I'm sure James is not the only person because I I think that, you know, I think it's a lot, but uh, I know, I feel like that number has been surpassed this year, but it's from James Harden. So, like, don't tell me James Harden play defense. You're wrong.
2: Yeah. And I thought Mark Jackson – by the way, I thought Mark Jackson and JV – and Jeff Van Gundy did a fantastic job calling him this game. Um, they're, they're my favorite broadcast combo, and it's not even close. I don't know if it's the same for you. But I thought Mark Jackson put it perfectly tonight where he said, James Harden is not a great defender, but he's much better than where he was – Last year, the year before, I mean, you know, he actively tries on defense. And I loved his post-game reaction when somebody asked him, I think it may have been Mark Berman from Fox 26, and, you know, they, they made reference to what Giannis said, where Giannis basically called him out. And James Harden says, I have nothing to prove to anybody. And he's not wrong. He's 100% correct in saying he's just playing his game. And the Rockets won a championship this year? I don't know. Maybe. But for me, the fact that the face of our franchise is playing the way that he's playing right now makes me incredibly proud to be a Rockets fan.
1: Only eight guys have had more than six steals in a game this season. Uh, OG Ananobi, Jonathan Isaac, who unfortunately tore his ACL today. Terrible. The first real major injury in the bubble, hopefully. Uh, Speedy recovery for him. Alfred Payton, Ricky Rubio... Ben Simmons did it twice. Dennis Smith and Fred Van Vliet. So a lot of people have six. Uh, Daniel House had six uh, at one point this year. Um, so it maybe it's not as... Uh, and Robert Covington had one against the Rockets when he was still with the Wolves. Uh, so he's the third Rocket this year to record six or more steals in the game. That's pretty impressive. Um, so that's besides the point. Let's, let's shift gears here a little bit because I have a question on here on Twitter that I'd like to address now. Uh, sure. it's from out the six, it's at the six foot five. Uh, and that, that's a, a PJ Tucker Stan account. So he asks if the Rockets keep this up, do we need Eric Gordon? Does he make us better? And the answer is yes, Eric Gordon does make us better. And that's also what makes the Rockets super scary. Now, I think that question might get some, you know, troubled faces when it comes out of my uh, mouth and people listen to it for the first time. But Eric Gordon is meant to be better. Like, when he... Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in the nine-man rotation. And the Rockets are going to run nine-man rotations. I don't think that Eric Gordon is going to come in and replace any of these guys. I think he's going to come in and simply compliment everyone else and I don't know Mike I want to hear your thoughts on this. What what does Eric Gordon bring to the table here? Like if Eric Gordon were to play tonight, how would this game have been different?
2: So a couple things. Number one, you're paying the guy, he's on a five year, ninety million dollar deal. You have to you're going to play him. So not playing him, I don't think is is a is a is ever going to happen.
1: All right. Well also the Sixers are playing Uh, Al Horford, who they signed to much more money, off the bench. Sure. For me,
2: I don't think that money has much to do with it. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, in whatever role he's going to come back, he's going to be a part of your rotation. And I would argue that through these first two games, Daniel House should be your starting small forward on this team.
1: Daniel House is
2: playing with a chip on his shoulder. He, He absolutely is. And... You can tell with some of his post-game uh, comments that he's made through these first two games, he wants to come out and say, I, I want to be the starter. But he's trying to just say, hey, I'm doing whatever's best for the team. His best role is as the starting small forward with this team. He plays better uh, with, with Harden and with Westbrook together on the court as much as possible. But getting back to the question, I think it's different because Eric Gordon would probably replace some of the minutes played – uh, by Ben McElmore. McElmore got 20 minutes. To n- and he had nine points, and he was a plus 14, which is great to see. The Rockets bench tonight was a plus 41 between Jeff Green and Ben McElmore and Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. The, the one reason why I say Eric Gordon, when he comes back, is going to get a good amount of minutes is because he helps preserve some of the energy and burst of other guys on the team. You know, he's a guy that you don't necessarily have to play Russell Westbrook for 48 minutes. Uh, Harden only had 34 minutes tonight because he was in foul trouble. Uh, but P.J. Tucker's 38 minutes and Robert Covington's 37 minutes. P.J. Tucker's a guy that you have to look out for minutes-wise because he's playing a position now going up against the, you know, the biggest guys on the court. He's going to need as much rest as possible. And having a guy like Gordon can help spell out some of those minutes where you take him off the court and you put Jeff Green – and Eric Gordon on the court to kind of offset what Tucker does with the three-point ball and then with his, you know, Green's ability to cover the big net. So –
1: The prints are going to add up, and they're going to – these.
2: this energy is going to add up as the season goes on. Correct. And that's why you, you need Eric Gordon back. Um, I, will t- I will say this. I really like what I've seen from Macklemore these first two games as a whole – but defensively, he scares the ever-living you-know-what out of me. Because yeah, quite Gordon, honestly, he's not a better defender than Mac is. Correct. Correct. And, and that's Eric Gordon's thicker. He's bigger. Um, I think he's, he's a good defensive player. Eric Gordon could be a guy that you can just show a different look to Giannis. You're not going to slow down Giannis with Eric Gordon. But he's another guy that you can throw at him. I loved what I saw from, from Austin Rivers tonight. Defensively against a guy like DiVincenzo. Uh, Austin Rivers played a really nice 19 minutes for the team tonight as well. Um, But yeah, you need Eric Gordon back. You need Eric Gordon to come back healthy uh, because when he does, he's going to play major minutes in this rotation. Mm -hmm.
1: I think Eric Gordon, but also when Eric Gordon comes back, he needs to play uh, to his potential. And I think that if, if we got the Eric Gordon that we got in the preseason playing tonight, I don't know if the Rockets win this game. Because he needs to be able to execute. And maybe if he takes more... Because I think it, Eric Gordon, if he got the wide-open looks that Green got, that House got, that uh, Tucker got, if he has those, he's very capable of making them as well. But before he got injured, he wasn't making them. And that was what that was the concerning part of Eric Gordon is that a guy that should be making these shots at a much better rate than he is 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 shooting absolutely not up to his potential. And Eric, we need we need the right Eric Gordon back. We we need Eric, the idea of Eric Gordon and the starting power of the starting small forward that might be Antonio season him. That's who we need back. We we need Eric Gordon to execute, and that and Eric Gordon has he's a very streaky player, and we've seen that over the years. And the the highs are very high. Remember in the 2018 Conference Finals, Eric Gordon was like, other than James Harden, possibly the best player on the court, especially in his last two games when when Chris Paul was hurt. Eric Gordon was possibly the best player on, and there were concerns going into that series with Eric Gordon because he had a, he had he struggled against the Jazz, he struggled against the Timberwolves that, uh, that postseason, but against the Warriors, he showed out. So hopefully, that's the Eric Gordon we get when he does return. The Rockets are going to need him because he does help the team defensively. That's something that you know on Friday, I think, if Eric Gordon was playing. Uh, the Rockets would never have let up as many points as they did tonight I think that it would have been difficult I think that he would have had to execute that's all that we need from Eric Gordon that's what we need from everybody is just execution and tonight I think the Rockets executed better than the Bucks, and that's why the Rockets won because the Bucks are built their roster is built to where they can win every game on paper They are meant to win every game on paper. They come into every game expecting to win. Similar to how the Rockets were two years ago. Is the Rockets would enter a game no matter who it would be, and you would expect to win. And that's how the Bucks are built this year. So the Rockets, they and the Rockets are approaching that status. I think that it took them a little bit of time to get used to each other in the pre-Covington trade. Then when the post-Covington trade games took place, it took them a little bit of time to adjust. And now we're seeing them at their peak. And the Rockets are, like, to me, I, I, we both said it in the, in the schedule preview. We both thought this would be a loss. And they surprised us today with a win. And it's because they executed better. They played their brand of basketball better than the Bucs. The problems that I thought that they might have had with their identity are completely squashed, they definitely know who they are, and they play their game very well. And I'm very excited to see what's to come with this team because I think we've only reached the tip of the iceberg at this point. Mike, I'm really looking forward to what the Rockets have in store for these next couple of games.
2: Yeah. Um, there, there are things – I know it's, this is a, a happy – you know, show, obviously, starting off 2-0, there are some things that do worry me a little bit. Not a little bit. I mean, a lot as it pertains to this team. But I love what I've seen thus far. But the number one thing that I point to, and the, the word that I'm going to use for these first two wins, is resiliency. This team is resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, this team is led. I I think you look at guys like, P.J. Tucker, who does the right thing on and off the court. Robert Covington is a monster. I mean, this dude, all he wants to do is block shots, get steals, and hit threes. And I love that about him. Austin Rivers is tough. This team is just tough. And what I love about these guys is that they will go up against anybody. They don't care who it is. They just want to play ball. And they have a lot to prove. You're going to find... I don't know if it was you and I who talked about this, but find me a team that feels like they have more to prove right now than the Rockets. Maybe the Lakers because of LeBron being LeBron and, and you know, acquiring Anthony Davis. I don't and now, think the Lakers feel the pressure like the Rockets do. I don't, think, I don't think so either. I think you look at the best teams. I think the Clippers, Kawhi just won a title last year. So I, I think the, you know, Doc Rivers has already won a title too. Like mm-hmm. the best teams in the league, I think want it, but the Rockets need it. James Harden needs this title to be able to throw it in people's faces. Mm -hmm. And he's never gonna say that, but so does Russell Westbrook and so does Mike D'Antoni. And Mike D'Antoni, for however people want to feel about this guy, he's a he's just listen to him talk. He's a great guy, and he's been in this league a long time. I want him to have a title. I want Westbrook. I want Harden. I want PJ Tucker to have a championship because they deserve it. Mm-hmm. These guys have been so close the last four years that they can taste it. And a win like tonight can propel this team. It doesn't matter who they play. The Portlands, the Denvers, the Utahs, whatever. Dallas lost to Phoenix tonight. Like, this team can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see what this team does the rest of the
1: way. Well, speaking of Portland, the Rockets get the Blazers on Tuesday night. I, I think in terms of teams that need something to prove, Portland is right up there with the Rockets. They are looking to prove their spot in the playoffs, and their playoff lives are on the line. Uh, they took a loss today that puts them out of ninth. Believe it or not, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the only teams that are 2-0 right now in the bubble are Phoenix, San
2: Antonio... And your Houston Rockets. I feel like the San Antonio Spurs are John McClain and Die Hard, and they just won't die. Yeah. Like, they're just. <laughs> they keep. I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, where did you come from? And then I realized that Greg Popovich is still there, and mm-hmm. Greg Popovich is going to Greg Popovich. Yeah. Are, are you at all worried about the Blazers game? Because I.
1: You know, it's a trap game. Yeah. And I, if there's. You know, the Rockets are going to have some trap games coming up. Uh, Portland is definitely one of them. But the thing is, I don't think that the Rockets see it as a trap game, which is good. Portland is very capable of, of playing well, and they're very familiar with Portland. Uh, Russell Westbrook uh, wants his revenge on Portland uh, for what they did to his team uh, last year in the playoffs. And this, this game, if Portland loses could stink them pretty, pretty badly. Because right now, that West race, as tight as it was before the bubble began, it's even tighter now. As of Sunday night, the Spurs are in ninth at 21 games back. They're two ahead of the Grizzlies for eighth. Portland is a half game back of San Antonio. New Orleans and Sacramento are a game and a half back. And Phoenix, who has won their first two games, they're two games back. So that race just gets that much tighter. And Portland is fighting for their playoff spot. And that is going to be that, – that, to me, I, I could see the Rockets dropping this game only because the Portland Trailblazers need this game a lot more than the Rockets do. Now, the Rockets are also playing for something. They're playing for positioning in the Western playoff race – they jumped tonight from six to four. They jumped Oklahoma City and Utah. So they are now fourth, tied with Utah for fourth. And they're a half game ahead of Oklahoma City. They're only one game back of Denver for third. So, and and we've talked about how seeding doesn't really matter. But I think psychologically it does for the Rockets because it gives them – it gives them some confidence moving forward. And that's what these eight games are for. If the Rockets didn't have all the confidence in the world before they started the bubble, they certainly have it now. Coming back from how they did in on Friday and beating the best team in the bubble today,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the Rockets have that momentum and they need to keep it going. That's what they risk by dropping one of these games is losing that momentum. And there might not be enough time to regain it if they do because if they lose on Tuesday... They get the Lakers on Thursday, and you don't want to drop two games in a row, especially when you're so close to so many of these other teams. So that I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Harden My Take. We'll be back Thursday with a preview of that Lakers game, uh, so be sure to tune in to our next episode. If you don't want to miss an episode of Harden My Take, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, To not miss a single episode, we will be going Mondays and Thursdays for the bubble second season. And then when the playoffs come, we're going to try to go uh, every game, depending on how our schedules are. We're hoping to do every game. Might miss one or two games there, but we will get you a next day recap for sure. But yeah, this is a real exciting time to be a Rockets fan. Real exciting time to be a co-pilot of Harden My Take with you, Michael Brown. Uh, Drop your Twitter handle so that the Red Nation can
2: uh, hit you up. You can find me on Twitter at UHBigRedHatGuy. And if you would like to talk some Rockets basketball, make sure to use the hashtag Slim Jim and the Pocket Rockets. He
1: only responds to Slim Jim and the Pocket Rockets. I've tried talking with him without the hashtag, and he won't respond to me. So be sure to use the hashtag Slim Jim and the Pocket Rockets. Uh, if you would like to throw the hashtag at my Twitter as well, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. If you'd like to follow the Dream Shake, be sure to do so at S B N. Give us a like on Facebook if you haven't done so already to not miss a single article from TheDreamShake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Our team has you covered for all things Houston Rockets in this bubble and beyond. Bubble basketball, man. This is I, I can't remember the last time I was this excited for Rockets basketball, but here we are. Uh, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode.
0: And until next time, go Rockets.